You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Do we want to do questions? Yeah. Let's let's hit them up. We got a we got a go. Oh, Oh yeah, we're big time. Yeah, we're big time. Yeah, we. <laughs> the same four people ask questions every week. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm a big fan of it. Crackles uh, and Vinny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's two of them. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go. We got a lot of. Uh, I sort of directed the question to about this year, so we got a lot of 2017 questions. But the first is Brian Arbor, 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 Arbor. Uh, it's a funny name, man. Who will finish second on the team interceptions? Um, I'm going to go off the board on this one, and I'm going to say DJ Chark finishes second on the team interceptions. Wow. I think someone is going to emerge and become our number one receiver out of that freshman sophomore crop. We just don't know who, and they will pass Chark on the reception list. Okay. Billy. Billy. You got um I'm gonna go with Foster Morrow, I think. I'm going similar direction and saying John David Moore. I'm big on the JD Moore train right now. Okay. And he just got eighteen. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, that is that's very cool. We're um um is always good when a fullback is gonna wear number eighteen. Pod was mad about it. I remember that. They <laughs> both deserved it. I, I am completely fine with, with splitting yeah. it. I don't care. Okay. Like that's, and I think it's cool that Lockatcher went to them and said, "Hey, I think you should do. You should give it to him too." Uh, yeah, I think it's a cool thing, and also that's a very number eighteen thing to do. Yes, that's what the award's all about, really. Exactly. So, and also it went to a fullback, so I'm totally cool with that. So, <clears throat> absolutely. I mean, but you watch you watch what what Canada did last year at Pitt and with Scott Orndorff and Foster Morrow's at least. Probably, I would say, as athletic as Orndorff, and he's bigger. So I, I could easily see him having, you know, just – I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be Jimmy Graham, but just being a nice, good, consistent receiver. Yeah, can yeah. See, I think our number one receiver is going to be whoever emerges as our slot receiver. And so it could be Jacoby Stevens. I think he's going to get the most receptions. Doesn't mean the most yards, but I, I think our slot receiver is going to well, the other thing get is, a ton of, ton of catches. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Shark has 45, 50 catches and then another 45, 50 carries, too. I agree with that as well. I think Shark is going to end up with more yards. But we said reception, yeah. so I'm sticking with the – Like, yeah. I, I fully expect Shark to have around 1,000 yards, but that's rushing and receiving combined. This actually yeah. segs right into Bryant's next question, which is who's going to finish second on the team in carries. Could it be Shark? Um, I still think it's gonna be Daryl Williams. Um, he's gonna get all the. He's gonna be the guy who gets the first chance to be his backup. I think he's gonna get all of the short yardage carries. Um, because if there's any weakness in Darius Geis's game, it's short yardage. Um, so I, I think Williams is gonna. Uh, he might get near a hundred carries this year just to give Geis a blow. 
I agree, and and I think if if they've got a big lead late, they're gonna they're gonna hold, they're gonna you know try to, to save Geis's legs. So I think that's gonna set up for for Williams to just have a couple of those one of those those games where you look up and at the end of the game, he had more carries than Geis, but that's because he had ten carries in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Williams for sure to me. Uh, I think so. All right, then Brian again says BYU gets to play game number one the week before we play them. And then he says, how much of an advantage is that for the Cougars? So he's just straight up assuming it's an advantage. Of Brian, course it is. We, Brian didn't even consider, Virginia Tech thing. what if everyone gets injured? What if like they lose yeah. their quarterback and their best players? Then it's not an advantage at all. Aren't they playing like Portland State? They're not going to lose their quarterback. No, they're um, yeah, they're, they're the- playing a nobody. <laughs> it helps. And, you know, how much it helps just is kind of – Depends, but it helps. I mean, that's the old thing about when Virginia Tech uh, play is scheduled a game before they played us, and LSU fans got all bent out of shape about it. Um, I think LSU is a much better team than BYU, so if they get a leg up by playing a game early, good for them. They fair play. They they need they need the help. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's an advantage to me. The, the the bigger advantage for BYU is just what what the always advantage is when you're playing BYU is that they're just going to have a lot of older guys. They're they're always a well coached team, and they're never terrible. You know, you're not going to face a BYU team that is going to come out and commit five turnovers and just not do anything right. They're they're going to do some things right. They're going to have some good players, and they're going to have a bunch of twenty five year olds. That's always that always helps. Yeah, they do have. A lot that of doesn't mean adults. LSU can't win, and that doesn't mean LSU can't cover the spread. But there, I would expect them to to have to work for it. You know. <laughs> yes, this will be the difference between LSU covering or not covering the spread. Is that that is how valuable that first game is? That's yeah. good. All right, to me, then. it's that game where you you cover the spread on that last. Like that last, not the second, but not, you know, if, uh, assuming that you get to kneel the ball on your last possession, it's the possession before that where you score a touchdown, you put, you go up by, by 17 and you put it away. Vinny wants to know if aliens attack tomorrow and demanded okay. to face a college football head coach in a dance battle for our survival, who would defend us? <laughs> well, First off, that's an incredibly odd request the aliens would make. Um, I think Mike Gundy would be the one who defended us because he's clearly the one who would volunteer. Um, I'm not sure he's the one we'd want, uh, but I think Mike Gundy is definitely the one who would step up for that. Mike Um, Gundy has one thing I think you need in dancing, which is a complete lack of shame. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think if I'm trying to think of who's probably the best dancer, I think it would probably be Nick Fitzgerald, uh, uh, Northwestern. Not Nick Fitzgerald. Sorry, I'm thinking of oh, that's Mississippi State. But Fitzgerald, um, yeah, because he's a former player. I'm sure he had some moves back in the day. You know, he's a little athletic. He's still young. He's probably only about 40 years old. I'll take uh, I'll take Fitzgerald at Northwestern as the guy I'd want. But again, Gundy's the guy who's totally going to volunteer. See, this is one of those times where we, where it's a shame that Les Miles isn't coaching anywhere because he would totally win this. No love for Dabo in all his dance videos. Yeah, no. He's got the no. Uh, Dabo's going to try. Dabo's going to. He's going to be enthusiastic, yeah. and, and and you know what? That's important in dancing. No one wants someone who's uptight and 
kind of unsure of himself. You want someone who's at least committing and having fun. It's true. Being confident this is like all, that, people cheer my, for that. My strategy in dancing was just don't show the how completely embarrassed and and self-conscious you are. Just pretend like you know exactly what you're doing. My strategy is to be very drunk. <laughs> yeah, mine too. I'll call you the help to find, yeah. So I, think so I guess the very good Stacy would be the uh, basketball coach I <laughs> get. Uh, uh, who's that A&M basketball coach? Billy Kennedy, right? He was the – Yeah, yeah. He also has a drinking – okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I went with the easier drinking problem. Sorry. Yeah, shouldn't make I'm not up to date on my drunk college basketball coach references. <laughs> <laughs> You got the what the one at Ole Miss. You got the one that was at Texas, <laughs> at uh, Kentucky a couple of years ago before Cal. That doesn't even bring up John Brady. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, I, y- y'all don't catch Baton Rouge radio. John Brady does some radio spots here, and he's really, really good. <laughs> like on the list of coaches, you never would have guessed are okay. really good on the radio. Like. He's got so much personality that you're like, well, if you'd acted like that when you were the coach here, people might have liked you. <laughs> yeah. no. I... And to his credit, he kind of owns that and is like, yeah, no, I was kind of a jerk. I guess the uh, stress of being a coach can make you a prick. I would think so. The, you know, the specter of <laughs> every game is another chance for you to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then he was coming behind Dale Brown, and he and Dale Brown didn't really get along, and which meant that the coach who gave him massive scholarship restrictions and NCAA sanctions is hating on him, and it's like, well, hey, screw you, buddy. You're the one who's making my job hard. So it's it was a, a it was a very very weird situation. And he didn't handle it well, but it was a weird situation. He's got to be one of the least popular LSU coaches. I've never heard of anyone yeah. that really cares for him. Curly oh, no. Popular, people who played yeah. for him who hated him. Yeah. I knew people who would say he was a great coach and, and they still hated him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, he totally knew exactly what he was doing and he was an asshole. Kind of like Nick Saban in that regard. And he and Saban hated each other too. Buddy Stevens. Oh, we're going to a future pod. Yeah, that's a future pod. We'll talk about last chance you, but yes. Okay, uh, back on track. Alan, Alan Savant, Savant, Savant. I like butchering you guys' names. Uh, is Destroyer of Worlds a suitable nickname for for guys? Obviously, yeah. Destroyer of Worlds. We might have to workshop that a little bit, but that's totally suitable. Nickname. Is it's here. not the first nickname I would give him, but it works. Is it too close to the Galactus thing you were, you were pushing? Yeah, I, 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 but that's okay. I kind of like that. So, no, we might have to workshop this. I'm, I'm not committing to nicknames just yet, except for Banana Man. Danny Etling is the Banana Man. That is done. <laughs> I'm calling him like, Handsome Etling. Because Geis has got such a good personality that you kind of have to give him something, something a little more fun. Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, I'm kinda, I was thinking today, I'm kind of glad he came out on the other end of it because as a young like a high schooler slash early LSU player, he would search his name on Twitter and beef with people a lot. But I think he's kind of moved on from that shit and just enjoying the fact that he's I'm, awesome now. He still definitely does it because <laughs> if you say something nice about him, he will absolutely retweet you. Yeah. But he, he skips over the beefs now. If you don't. <sighs> okay, Ryan Dewey, 
do we? How does the offensive line situation compare to prior years, like 2014, 2015? We kind of already talked about this. Uh, compared to previous years, um, I'm worried about the lack of depth is the biggest problem. But I do think there's more experience starting, so I'm not too concerned there. And there is that high-end player. William Class going to be up for a lot of awards. So you do have that one stud that you can point to. So it is pretty comparable to earlier lines. The biggest issue is the depth. No, I think I think I think that's right. It's it's really just a, a, a more of a numbers question. I think your your top five guys are pretty solid and pretty set in stone. And even you know, KJ Malone struggled, but okay, he's a senior. He'll be fine. He'll he'll push around the people he's supposed to push around. And you know the the great pass rushers on the schedule he'll probably struggle with, but you can, you can work around that. You know, you can give him help. You can put backs, you can put tight ends on that side, things like that. We've worked with, we've, we've had worse left tackles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah think- Josh DeRosa got there with like two, two fake knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's totally like in the past we've had like, who's even going to play questions. And now it's like, we know who's going to play. It's just hopefully no one gets hurt. Right. I think that's the difference. That's how it compares to previous lines is we don't know what happens if the excrement hits the air conditioning. There's no room for error. There's no room for error. That's not Just a, pray that no one gets hurt. That is a roll and I will say, tongue like well, shit hits the fan. It's, it's the gambler's fallacy, but we're due to have a year where no one gets hurt. <laughs> I mean, last year, I think they started something like seven or eight different offensive line lineups. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, you would hope this year they can keep it together. Yeah. I mean, the gold standard will always be 2012 where you had Alex Hurst quit in the middle of the year and you had Josh Williford get his career ended and you ended up playing Trey Turner and he ends up being good. Yeah, that was fortunate. (laughs) I mean, I'll never forget the game against South Carolina where it's like, oh, we're starting like four new people and they held Jadavian Clowney without a sack. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. That was... All right. Another one from Vinny. Cause he's like a horror movie villain and never dies. Uh, what celebrity chef would cook your last meal and what would the dish be? Oh, this um, is hard. Cause I watch a lot of cooking TV. See, I don't watch a whole lot of cooking shows. Um, I would like it to be Anthony Bourdain just so I could hang out with him. Yeah. That's he's my one. kind of, He's my kind, but he doesn't really have a signature dish. Um, actually, because he's Bourdain, probably something that's really meaty and you know awful for you kind of thing. That's you know, actually, like I'd like to go to London with him and have him make me like a shepherd's pie. That seems a very Anthony Bourdain kind of dish, like a real no, the kind of dish where at the end of it you're just like your stomach is totally full and you know, and, and then they put the bullet in the back of my head. That's I, I could live with that. I think I'd probably go with Mario Balotelli just because it would be fun. We saw him He's gonna in get, Rome. You know, you're going to get drunk and you're just going to have a really good time. And that's what I want out of my last meal. Yeah. <laughs> it's good food and good times. And let's, if I'm dying, then let's just, let me get just shit faced so that I don't care about it. Yeah, that's a good attitude. I, I was thinking like Gordon Ramsay just because he's such an esteemed chef. Uh, but 
He's also a prick and probably would he probably would actually be a good time in person because I bet he's a lot of fun. He, I bet you. Yeah. I, I bet you he's a lot funny of as hell on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I bet well, you what's funny is his, his cooking videos on YouTube are where he just kind of plays it straight and just tells you, here's how you yeah, do this. They're awesome. Are really yeah, they're really good. And they're very simple. They're easy to follow. And it's like, yeah, no. If you didn't act like a dick on TV, I'd probably watch you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One guy would not be would be Bobby Flay. Yeah, yeah, no way. He'd probably take something I love and try to ruin it. Yeah, they they did hit gold doing the "Can you beat Bobby Flay?" show though, because that's brilliant. Because everyone wants Bobby Flay to lose, so it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty smart marketing. And every once in a while, someone picks something that like he doesn't know how to cook. Yeah, that's great. And the look on his face, just like, oh fuck you! He I the, hate you so much. He did ramen once. He's like, I don't, he's like, I think I've eaten ramen once. Like he didn't even know what, basically what it was, and it, he won still. But what a prick! Damn you, Bobby Flay! <laughs> All right, the CH slash at the Mets theory uh, says, you know, longtime listener here. I want to ask if it's time to panic with the OL. So we're back on the OL, but he's actually skipping over that because what he really wants to know is what's the best fried chicken in Baton Rouge, according to Billy. He doesn't give a show what we think. But yeah, no, we don't. He don't care about us. He's it's Baton Rouge question. So, well, yeah. Well, how would y'all know? That's true. Yeah, um, exactly. Oh God, you know, I haven't tried a lot of the obscure places in Baton Rouge, like Chicken Shack, and and places that other people say is really, really good. And people who's, I mean, I trust their judgment, so I'm sure they're really good. I mean, when it comes to fried chicken, just just go to Popeyes. You, is Popeyes the best fried chicken you'll ever had? No. Is it going to be bad? No. I feel like you should do a blog series just going to all the chicken places in Baton Rouge now. Yeah. um, There's one thing I need to eat less of. It's fried chicken. (laughs) The the Dallas Observer did a thing. You know, they had their annual, you know, best of issue for everything. And one year for best fried chicken, they just gave up and just gave it to Popeye's. They're just like, (laughs) let's just accept it. Like Popeye's is delicious and we know that's where you're going to eat. You are a ruler now. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Just, just accept it. I mean, I'll say this. For chicken tenders, Raising Cane's, yes. Go ahead. Just go to Raising Cane's. But that's for chick. That's if that's only what you want is chicken tenders. If it's on the bone, then no. Just, just go to Popeye's. You guys, I think, were asleep because it was a late night a couple weeks ago. But uh, old Jordan uh, Sports Beers, I think is his handle. Yeah. He uh, – he was like, everyone has their bad takes, and mine is that Popeye's is terrible. <laughs> and I was like, Jordan, you need to stop drinking right now. <laughs> yeah. You, you oh yeah, no, I was like, oh oh no no, don't don't ever say that. <laughs> it fucks me ever. Yeah, that, that, like that was me. Me and Spencer Hall were never more in simpatico than when the uh, Bobice Popeye's thing happened, and he was like, Popeye's is perfect, and you are the problem. I was like, oh, God, yes, no. You know exactly what – like if you find a Popeye's that doesn't make you pull ahead and wait for your for your meal, fucking keep that place and you fucking treasure it and you <laughs> go to it. There's one that I know of, and it's actually not far from my house, which is great. I think I've ever – I've only ever had to wait on something one time. I think we talked about that on the pod because it was like you know what you're going to get. Like they're just going to be shitty to you and then they're going to give you your food and it's going to be delicious. That is part of the Popeye's experience. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That is a feature, not a bug. (laughs) 
if you find one with good service, you have found El Dorado. <laughs> okay, Ryan Dewey, we touched on this a little bit, but he asks, I don't, I don't think we want to do this exactly, but he says the five most dubious heights and weights on the 2017 LSU roster. Um, he mentioned um, Zatling at 6'3", which I, I think is this, the top. I've got the roster in front of me, so I can go through some of the ones that I remember thinking, yeah, right. Okay, go for it. Yeah, do it. Oh, Danny, you know what's funny is I've stood next to Danny Etling. I can believe he's not 6'1", which is what he was listed at last year. I don't think he's 6'3". Well, you're like 6'3", right? 6'4"? Yeah, I'm 6'. Six, I'm six, he's shorter than me for sure. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, maybe 6'3 three and 3 quarters or something like that. Um, D. Anderson, not buying that he went from 6'5 to 6'6". Six, six. It doesn't seem likely. It's not like anybody grew like uh, oh uh, DJ Shark is not six foot four. Yeah, There's no way. Yeah, what? yeah, that's. That I'm not sure he was six foot. They listed him at six foot three last year. I don't think he was six foot three. No, it's it's the heights that were funny. Like the weights are all pretty believable. It's just like yeah, all of a sudden these, these twenty year olds like are growing three 20. inches. Yeah. I do think uh, some, some guys have very precise uh, weights, and then other guys are just like you know, you know, two twenty. Yeah. And then you'll get like you know, you know, there'll be like two fifteen, and then you'll get uh, um, like uh, Edwards Hilaire is two oh eight. You're like, you really? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Drake Davis went from two seventeen to two eighteen. <laughs> yeah. I like precise weights. The, the, those crack me up. Those are those are the guys that have been trying to add weight, and they're very proud of where they got. Yeah, exactly. Or trying to cut weight, one or the other. Uh, I'll say this: I don't buy that Arden Key is two sixty five. He's probably within. He's probably, if I had to guess, he's probably close. You know, okay, he's two fifty five. Whatever. After a big meal, he's two sixty. That's fine. Uh. He looked a little soft in the video. Yeah, he did. I was surprised. I am. That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh, what was one of the other ones that I, 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 I would really love to know exactly how big Tyler Shelvin is whenever he gets to campus because they still list him at 380, but <laughs> supposedly he was down to, to 320 on the infamous all gumbo, no rice diet. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. And that's, I mean, 380 to 320, that's, that's a big, that's big difference. <laughs> that's a lot of weight. Yeah, that's, that's not a small amount of weight. All I right. mean, a lot of the, all the weights were, I mean, like, you know, Donnie Alexander, a lot was made of, he's up at, up to 230, but he was listed at 215 last year. He was probably 220 or so during the season. So that's not, that's not that big of a yeah, fifteen pounds in an off season. If you, that that's totally doable. And I always assume that everybody's within four or five pounds of, of where they're listed at anyway. Yeah. So. Roster. I mean, I, honestly, yeah, I'm at. Yeah, I'm I'm at the point now. If a guy goes to the combine and he actually measures in at what he's listed at, I'm like, oh, oh, oh cool. How about that? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's honestly. Like, wow, that media guy fell down on the job. <laughs> Could have added five pounds to that. Oh, he re- he really was six foot. I didn't believe that. 
Like that's what it was with with DJ Shark. It's like I didn't think he was really six foot three, and now you're trying to tell me he's six foot four. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, he's over six foot tall, but probably six. If I had to guess, six two, six two and a half. Yeah, that seems more accurate. All right, Vinny again, because like I said, he's a horror movie villain that doesn't ever die. But this is a really okay. good question. I actually read this one earlier, and I started thinking about it, so I have my answer. But he said, take any sports movie ever, pretend it actually happened. What's the resulting 30 for 30 doc you'd want to see most? Ooh. That's actually... Um, okay. does, does this include Charlie Sheen still going on to do a lot of cocaine after Major League? <laughs> I mean, like... That gets really interesting. <laughs> What I, Vaughn. I mean, clearly I'd want to see something about Air Bud to see how they got a dog eligible. Oh, God I'm, damn I'm, it. I'm, you stole my answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, removing that kind of stuff, um, like an actual – I think the one that I'd probably most want to see is uh, – I think The Replacements would be a really – if it, honestly, that's an interesting story anyway because it's about the, the scab year, you know, about – you know, using replacement players and then getting to the playoffs with them. I think that'd be like an attention in the locker room between the replacement players and the veterans and stuff. That would actually make a really good 30 for 30 and sort of happen in real life. Plus, like you remember you, you had the, the, what was the safety who had been an all pro safety who went to jail for some nebulous reason and is now a replacement player, you know? Yeah. It, that, that one comes to mind. Little Big League would have been really fun as the, the child baseball savant owner so, slow, slowly becomes an adult and probably just becomes an obnoxious, horrible owner. <laughs> like Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. <laughs> yes, what if Mark Zuckerberg had bought a team when he was 18? <laughs> I was going to go with Airbud and I had a whole spiel about how Airbud's probably seen some shit and he was like <laughs> the second shooter. He probably knows. You know, who, what actually happened to, like, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. And, <laughs> and I just ruined that. You totally, totally fucking ruined it. <laughs> That's what I do. I ruined it. I didn't even think of, God, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't think of Air Bud. It was going to be a great bit. It's ruined. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. I, I, I ruined lead, it. It leads to, to Nick Saban going into a dog breeding program. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> What's the what's the damn dog show every year that they do? That's the uh, Westminster Dog Show. Yeah, Nick Saban of the Westminster Dog Show. Who is that guy? At some point, <laughs> performance enhancing drugs come in. Gets real. Yeah, just you know, recruiting the whole thing. Yeah, people making werewolf monsters to try and <laughs> turn a dog into a linebacker. And then the dogs get DUIs, but don't get in trouble. Hmm. See, and I was going to go. And the only reason I chose Air Bud is I couldn't remember the name of the donkey that kicked field goals. I can't remember the name of that movie, uh, the one with Tony Danza. That's what I was going to go with. Did you save Pittsburgh? No, the fish that saved Pittsburgh is a basketball movie. That's uh, okay. no, it's like the the uh, Philadelphia donkey, you know, field goal kicking donkey or something like that. It's it's or like the Pittsburgh. I don't know. Yeah, but the fish that saved Pittsburgh. I know what you're talking about. I just can't think of the name. 
It would not but be. Yeah, I couldn't remember good. the title of it, so I went with Air Bud. I, that was my animal sports movie, and then I ruined everything for Dan. Sorry about that. It would not be the Sneaky Good Pod if Poser didn't reference some obscure bullshit movie. <laughs> hey, Tony Danza. That's true, Tony Danza. All right. I think it was a Disney movie back in the seventies when they made nothing but live action movies with child stars instead of, or everything had Kurt Russell and Jodie Foster in it. Okay, don't not Kurt Russell. Oh, well, why would ever? Of course. <laughs> I totally missed a question. So uh, it, again, it's a Billy specific question. Well, kind right. of, kind of. So it's Crackles who's always trying to start some shit. So keep that in mind. But. Uh, he says, last season, Billy banned Mensa. We lost our coach. Does Mensa's unbanning and the civil tone between the two of them mean there's a championship coming? I think that was two years ago I banned it. Yeah, I think I feel like the timelines are off here, Crackles. I think it's timeline. <sighs> yeah, get your get your shit together, Crackles, before you ask a question. Uh, let's let's ban Crackles tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, give him a break. Can we Can ban Crackles hard. tomorrow until we publish this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> And just no one replied to him on Twitter. Uh, just for a day. Just no. Let him hang. I barely replied to Twitter anyway. <sighs> okay. Michael Lauren has a series of questions. So how much bourbon should I stock to ease my pain? Considering the, everyone wants to talk about the offensive line. Uh, but he wants to know how much bourbon he needs to load up on to deal with offensive line depth issues. Um, all of it. All you, of it. you can never have too much bourbon. Yeah, but for this, look, you don't want to blow your wad this early in the season. The season hasn't started yet. Um, right Marathon, now, sprint. just have one bottle. You know, sip it down. Don't get crazy. You know, you're gonna need that for when the season starts. Yeah, concur. Brian, some chicken. Uh, will Canada's offense have to go with shorter dropbacks to account for the offensive line issues? Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, Billy, I think that's way too. I think that's a little too panicky yeah. right now. Yeah, I, I think I the mean, line's it's not like be they're fine. playing five walk-ons. Yeah, I feel like we have five that five or six, seven maybe that can play. It's just yeah. that if you get an injury, you're, that's when you start to get to dire straits. And I yeah. think Billy got the point right when he said that. Hey, wait, it might push us to the spread a lot faster. Yeah. That's you know, you're going to see something like that. Just getting the ball out quick. I don't think it's going to be like really short drops. I think it's going to be, hey, just make a quick read and you know hit your tight end or your slot receiver. But even even then, like that's like right now, like no, it's not. Don't push the panic button yet. I mean, there's still still a long way to go. <laughs> it's not like that. Like it, it, it's it's not like they're playing the walk on and and. Etling's going to be in mortal danger every time he drops back. It's they'll they'll be fine against most teams that they play. Yeah, agreed. It, you know when they play Alabama, sure, yeah, they're, they're, that, that's going to be a problem. That was going to be a problem no matter what. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I recommend the second bottle of bourbon. Then <laughs> we're up to two now. Yeah, for that absolutely. <laughs> Um, well, Crackle's lack of knowledge. This is Michael Lorenz still get him uh, banned from future tailgates or ATVS. I'm well, just going to quiz him on '90s cartoons. 
Knowledge of good music was the specific question, but I just left good music out. His lack of knowledge in general. His lack of knowledge. See, and I thought you – I assumed like on football, but no, I think that's great. No, look, we welcome all kinds there. Like it's a – the tailgate is to be nice to everyone regardless of your levels of knowledge. We like stupid people too. Yeah, we love stupid people. <laughs> that's why we drink so much so we can relate. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Crackles replied to that saying, I make up for it with my charm. So I'm sure he's a charming motherfucker in person. So, uh, okay. Jacob Hibbard. This is, I think Billy is probably the most apt to answer this question as well. Uh, he says he's not for the South and he wants to try Cajun cooking out. So any suggestions of what to try and where to get good recipes? So first of all, the site, because we have Billy's infinite, pretty much a lot of recipes on there. So that's a, well, that's a place what I've written and designed to be, hey, if you've never done this before, yeah. here's how you do it. It is very approachable. I've cooked a couple of them. I mean, the, the two things I always go to are rice and gravy, which is not – I don't really think is that exclusively a southern thing but it, or even a Cajun thing, but it kind of is. Yeah. So rice and gravy, can't screw that up. And honestly, jambalaya is really I, – I, and I actually said this on a radio station earlier today. It, if you can cook rice, you can cook jambalaya. All it is is cooking rice with some vegetables and and some meat yep. in there. Yeah. It is the simplest one to tackle. At, at the crudest level. Will, you, will, will your jambalaya win awards? Probably not. But it will be but a passable can, dish. Yes. At the end of the day, it's chicken with sausage and rice and, and onions. You can do that. Yeah. I believe in you. We believe in you. Uh, it doesn't involve roux because a roux, yeah. admittedly, a roux can be tough. Can can you can screw up a roux? When you get to the roux, I think is when it really raises That's the like difficulty level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit gets real when you know it's step one: make a roux. <laughs> yes, that that it. People screw that. Up. People who know what they're doing screw up roux. So. Yes. I can say I've only done it once, but <laughs> master chef over here. Uh, okay, no, that's why I don't bake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jacob also asked about the offensive line, but I'm going to pass over that because we've talked about it a lot. And then yep. he does have a good follow up though of what's what's an acceptable record for this year, and does he get a does O get a pass for? Nine and three, eight and four, which we have a roundtable we're working on that kind of talks about this. But yeah, I don't, I don't think he gets a pass for it. What's acceptable? Nine and three is acceptable. That you know, that's yeah. three losses. I, I, I think anything more than that, the natives get restless. Um, but no, look, we fired a coach for not winning enough, and he was going nine and three, eight and four. So if you go nine and three, eight and four, there was no improvement. And at the end of the day, that's not acceptable. So there's no pass. Um, it's the standards of the program at this point to win double-digit games. That, that's how we measure success. I mean, for me, it's always going to be more about the how. Like, sure, okay, you lose your starting quarterback for a couple games and you, you lose some tough games. I'm a little more forgiving. But overall, yeah, no, I eight, – eight and four, nine and three, okay, I'm going to expect better next year. 10 and 2. Okay, you had a really good year. And especially this year cuz this is I think a, a a more difficult schedule than normal. But 
it's it's to me, like I said, it's it's more about the how to me than the what. Because even last year, and I'm not gonna try and say that last year was a good year. You're you're just gonna have those years where every every big moment something goes wrong. Yeah, last year was a very cursed year. Like anything that possibly could have gone wrong did. I mean, you literally had games lost on the last play. Hell, we had games lost after the last play. <laughs> True. Also, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think- a lot of. I mean, it's it's going to depend on who. If, if you go ten and two and you beat Bama, but you lost to Syracuse and Troy, yay, we won the SEC. But how the hell did we lose to Syracuse and Troy? Yeah. <laughs> you know? If we win the SEC, I don't care what we do out of conference. I'll say that right now. If if we go zero and four out of conference, as inexplicable as that could be, because that would include a pretty terrible loss. If LSU wins the SEC, free pass. You won the SEC. Well, my standard is the national championship where I riot. So that's it. <laughs> uh, okay, Chris wants to know. Chris doesn't have his last name listed on the internet, which is probably pretty smart. Uh, run pass ratio this season. 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 I haven't even been drinking. Uh, how should will Canada attack another classic Bama defense? Well, our run pass has been what, like about sixty forty run the pass. That sound about right? Yeah, more more or less. I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's, honestly, it's it's gone a little bit of each direction. Like one year, that, that even less as teams were usually around sixty forty. Yeah, I mean, within some, within one or two percentage points. I'd, I'd like us to drift, drift more to 55, 45. It doesn't have, all have to happen at once. I'd like us to be at 50, 50. Um, I, I, we don't need to get there this year. Um, still take some time to get there. So I, I'd like to see us around 55, 45. I mean, honestly, I'd rather it be skew more run because I'd rather you, you pass your way out to a big lead and then you. That's true. I think that's a, a, a very big caveat. Yes. Yes. But. To me, balance is more an end to itself than like people are like, oh, I want our play calling to be balanced. That doesn't mean if you look down and, oh, we just called 10 straight runs. I better call a bunch of passes. Like, no, do what works. And if you're doing it right, it's going to look pretty balanced at the end or it's going to be balanced in yardage. Like, okay, you called a lot more runs, but you threw for some big yardage. yardage. And so – you ended up with 500 yards and you were 250, 250. But you were running it, but you spent most of the fourth quarter running the ball. Yeah, I don't care you that know, much about ratio, but I would like us to have a productive offense that isn't us pointing at rate stats for why it's good. <laughs> like, I would like us to back it up with some yardage totals this year, which has been a problem. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, look, I mean, shoot, you realize we, we led the SEC in yards per play last year. Yeah. Which is great. I don't think I realized that at yeah, all until which, I looked it up. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, it says a lot about yards per play. So it, right. it's, it, it's, I, I look at, I always look at the efficiency stats. So if, if, you, and if you do those things, if you, if you do those things and the points don't follow, that's, that's, that's an aberration. You know, usually if you do those things, the points will follow. So, Chris, again, last question I think is fitting for this episode. Breakout player on offense and defense since we're doing our preview here. 
Um, on defense, I'm committed to Devin White as our breakout player. Um, I think he's going to be a star. Um, on offense, I mean, it's got to be one of the wide receivers who's going to step up. I really like Steven Sullivan. I, I, I like his size. I think that's a real 6'6", while we were talking about um, – Heights and weights. He's a big, big guy. He's a big dude. Mm-hmm. If he's um, not six six, he's six five and, and three quarters. <laughs> he might not have a huge yardage total, but I think he's going to get a lot of balls inside the red zone. Um, so I, I think Stephen Sullivan's going to be a guy who steps out and puts up some puts up some scores. I think it, it, do you count Shark as a breakout guy or is it just cuz I think everybody kind of assumes he's going to do well. Um but yeah, I think he's going to I think he does well. Devin White's a good pick. I think Richard Lawrence is going to have a big year. Uh Kevin Tolliver, I don't know if it's breakout because he he did play well as a freshman, but I guess bounce back maybe. Basically, we need, we need some. We need somebody to force a lot of turnovers. That would just be nice. We just have that that safety who just picks off ten passes. Has that kind of that Kevin Stelts year where just everything that gets goes up in the air, he gets a hand on. That's kind of segs into because I was going to say Delpit might be a guy. I I think it'll take him a little bit, but I think by the end of the year, he'll more or less be the the second starter next to battle on defense. Uh, But that is with the caveat that I'm kind of just couching guys like Lawrence and white as known entities. I know they haven't had big seasons in the belt yet, but like, I think everyone kind of expects them to to do what they're going to do. And offense. And I I I think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think they're just, I think the coaches are even proceeding. Like these are our best players. It's not like, Oh yeah this guy is going to, you know, sneak up on anyone. <laughs> like, I bet even, like, everyone's aware, I guess. Um, offense, I don't really know. I mean, Drake Davis, if he focuses, that's, he's the guy. Like, it always comes back to focus with him. Even the coaches say it. So, if he's glued in, I think he can be a difference maker. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of guys, I could see Russell Gage having a nice year. I don't know that you, you know, when I say nice, I mean 30 catches for 500 yards. I wouldn't call that breakout. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's nice number. That's a nice number two wide receiver. I think Gage is going to get passed up on their depth chart this year. And yeah, that could also happen. Yeah, uh, either outcome would not surprise me. Yeah. If he's our number two receiver, if, if he's getting 500 yards, it better be because a lot of guys have 500 yards. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. I'll say this for him. He's probably one of the best pure athletes on the team. He's just not very fast. Yeah. Like he he just, gets, he's got like a 40 inch. If you're a senior and you haven't broken out by this point, you probably are what you are. And, I mean, he's a nice player. I mean, he's he's a good, you know, he he's, he's a starter right now. I mean, he's not bad. But he's a guy who's holding a spot for those talented guys behind him. They're a star the guys behind him should be stars and Gage is not going to be a star. Gage seems like your kind of player poser. He is my kind of player. I do like it. Like I, I, you know, he, he's, 
you know, he, he's he's a gym rat. You know, he's a you know coach's favorite you know favorite player kind of stuff. I, I like his. I like that he works and he's worked his way up the depth chart, and no one really expected anything out of him. I love that about him. Um, but I still want him to get passed, if that makes any sense. Because that means that Drake Davis had a great year, or that means D. Anderson showed up, or Stephen Sullivan became a star. The big news here is that Foster Moreau is currently favoriting some of my joke tweets from earlier today, so <laughs> I've officially made it. There you go. I'll say this: uh, he he could. I mean, he's he could be a breakout candidate because he was. We know he can block. I mean, blocking is what got him on the field, and it, I don't feel like enough people are talking about the fact that he just wore Miles Garrett out last year for four quarters. I mean. <laughs> And I've heard from people on the team that he did it and was telling Miles Garrett, like, yeah, you know, I'm whipping your ass. <laughs> what are you doing, too? Like, just that is shit talking yeah. him. And it, it, to me, it's not crazy that he catches two or three passes a game, which get, puts you at, you know, yeah, 30, the, 40 catches. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he will have like 30 catches this year. I think that's a pretty good number for him. Yeah. I, I'd be surprised if he has more than that kind of thing. It's, it's more the, if he has 500 yards, it's good. So long as other guys are getting five, if if 500 yards last year would have made him one of our leading receivers. If he's doing that, I'm gonna be pretty disappointed in the team, not engage. And there's still, I mean, shoot, you get Jacory Washington, who was a big time receiving tight end prospect. You got um, Jamal Pettigrew, who is listed at six freaking seven, 260 pounds. I mean, that would be great if he was if he became a big time receiving weapon, a guy that big. You know, there's a lot that's of a weapons. really nice, really nice target. If he, if he can, you know, kind of take advantage of his opportunity, we'll just and and that's everybody's got got a fresh start. There's no, there's no favorite. There's no, there's no established pecking order. It's kind of there for everybody. So we'll see who earns it. I think that's the best way to close it. Yeah. I gotta stop the recording. <clears throat>